It is Locked on Jazz for the 29th of October. The Jazz dictate the game, dominate the hapless Houston Rockets. We'll talk about that. Brilliant bench play seems to be a new theme for Eric Paschal and Hassan Whiteside. And Philip Knight brings out an interesting conversation with Jordan Clarkson about the mixed race threads throughout the Utah Jazz. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Welcome to Chicago, and hello uh, to all of you out there, Richard, Brooks, Niles, Isaac, Bridger, Margaret. Thank you very much for saying hi, and thank you for making Locked on Jazz your first Listen of every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can subscribe as well as mark that little button, that bell down there, and it'll notify you every time we get an episode out. Uh, We are still free and available on all podcast platforms. All right, Jazz are the final and last undefeated team in the NBA, which is kind of fun. We've never had this status before. And uh, we'll talk about that. By the way, today's show is brought to you by McDonald's. It's brought to you by McDonald's, uh, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's the unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right. Last night, what jumped out to me the most about the Jazz is they just dictated the game. And what I mean by that is that Ron Boone and I watched the Jazz play, actually, we watched the Rockets play Dallas. And in that game, the Rockets are going up and down the floor and they're playing fast. And Kevin Porter sprained an ankle, is kind of getting out there making plays. And Jalen Green showing his speed. And, and, and the Rockets stay in that game all night. They, they're, they go down 10, they get back to two, they get down 10, they get back to two. They're hitting some threes, they're getting momentum. They're, they're, they're clearly not as good as Dallas, but they're playing, and they look like they're a part of it. It's an encouraging night. Last night, they couldn't do any of that. That We absolutely dictate everything in that game, and that's where the Jazz are just terrific, and a lot of it's obviously Rudy in the half court, but it's it's more than that. We are, one, making executing offensively and making some shots. Two, we got back really well defensively. Andy Larson in his triple team in the Salt Lake Tribune, uh, showed on the first play of the game. The very first play of the game, Mike Conley turns it over on a lob to Rudy, and it should be a fast break the other way, and Royce gets back, and that just dictated the night. And the average team in the NBA spends about 80% of their possessions in the half court. So it's it's interesting when you talk about running, 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 80% of possessions are actually half court possessions. Last night, the Rockets needed to be if the Rockets can have a good night, it needs to be about 75. I, I didn't look what it was against Dallas, but it's that's what they, they need it on the other side. They were at 88% of their possessions were in the half court for most of that game last night. And then 
the Jazz are the number one half-court defensive team in the league. It's what we talked about yesterday on the show when we previewed it. We said, you know, if they're running pick and roll and they're in the half set and they're going up against our guys, they got no chance. Uh, and so when you look at that, all of a sudden now what you're saying is they're in the half-court 88% of the time, and when they were in the half-court, they're averaging 0.5 points per possession. They got no chance. And that's where we just dictated the entire game. We just absolutely kept them in the half court, played our style, played our game. We, we're one of the few teams that's going to run and then at the other, slow you down. The The other aspect that's interesting is if you look at it, and I don't know if this number is still true, uh, the stat place that I got this number doesn't seem to have it anymore. It used to be that teams threw the fewest amount of passes against us of any team in the league because they would get down the floor and they don't want to let Rudy have any impact, so they would just jack up a shot or they would just try to drive immediately. They didn't have the personnel to do it, but you see Jalen Green last night goes two of whatever. You know, he doesn't look good. He looks fine against Boston at 30 because we are just not allowing you to play your game and do what you want to do. We're going to dictate that. So 4-0 to start, look great, uh, and we haven't really clicked in yet at all. You know, a bunch of our guys aren't shooting it, uh, but we're playing right. The thing that it's kind of coming out in conversations around the team uh, and just being around the team. The texture of what I'm going to have for you here is just so much better this year. So tell tell three friends to tune into Locked on Jazz because, really, you need people in your life to listen to this show or else they don't know what the heck they're talking about with the team. And there's nothing more annoying than, like, Friday night, guys over, and there's the blowhard who wants to talk about how he knows the Jazz so well and he doesn't know, doesn't listen to the show, so he doesn't know what's going on. And you're like, can we can we talk politics or – can we talk abortion? Like, that'd be a better topic right now for us to discuss because that's more pleasant than listening to a jazz fan talk who doesn't know what they're talking about as listen to Lockdown Jazz. Okay, that was supposed to be funny. I don't know if it was. Um, nonetheless, nice transition sentence. Um, the thing that's kind of being talked about the most about this team is continuity. So Danny Franks of the Jazz PR staff looked it up for me. Last night was our starting five, 70th start over two years. The next closest in the NBA is Denver's group with 52. But Denver's group includes Gary Harris and Paul Millsap and is never going to start again. So our starting five has actually started more games than any group in the NBA. You can see it when you watch us play. We have an idea of what we're doing. We know what we're doing on the floor. We know where each other are going to be. We're running our systems. Joe Ingles shared with us the other night that they literally ran plays they hadn't worked on all year. They opened last night in a zone just to try it for a little while. Um, you know, you're really, uh, you're really seeing that continuity of the team. The other one talking to Justin Zanuck yesterday um, was Justin's. Like, it's hard to find teams where the top seven guys are the exact same for three years in a row, right? Like, percentage of our minutes played out of those seven guys. So we've changed favors up. And we've changed the George Niang, Eric Paschal position to now, or George Niang to now Rudy Gay, Eric Paschal. We've changed Eric Favors to Hassan Whiteside. And it was Tony Bradley. Like we fiddled, it was Jeff Green. Like we fiddled with that stuff. But frankly, since December 23rd in Miami, when we cut Jeff Green, traded Dante Exum, and brought in Jordan Clarkson, we've been the same. It's a long time in this league. And I think that's, uh, I, I think that's really showing. And that's what we're seeing early in the year. We dictate games. We know how to play them. We all understand each other. And so that's where we're just different. And it'll be interesting to watch tomorrow. We'll play Chicago, who's really good, really long. 
uh, defending really well with that length. And they are able to, but they haven't been together at all. Alex Crusoe, Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Nikola Vukovic. Those guys haven't played together at all. So does it show against a good team? We've kind of only played, I think the best team we've probably played is Sacramento other than the first half against Denver when Jokic put on one of the great performances that we may ever see. It's too bad he didn't get to finish that one. So uh, that's kind of the number one thing. We're dictating and dominating games. The numbers last night, we always try to do the numbers. I want to, I do want to do them quickly because it's kind of fun when they're so silly. Um, so let's do a quick check of that. And then I want to talk about a really interesting conversation I had with Jordan Clarkson. And I know you guys are dying to talk about Eric Paschal and Hassan Whiteside. I am too um, so we will get to those things as well. But let's go have some fun with our numbers. Um, the Jazz defensive rating last night for the entire night was an 87.5. This is crazy. When Rudy Gobert on the floor, it was a 95. And when Hassan Whiteside was on the floor, it was a 71. We have just not had this before. Where we have numbers <coughs> that... Are the backup center defensive numbers are as good. First quarter last night, our defensive rating was a 75. Oh, my gosh. Our offense was a 133. It was a whitewash early. The defensive rating when Rudy Gobert was on the floor in the first quarter was a 50. <laughs> a 50. For those who do not know these numbers, the league average is about 110. It means you score 1.1 points every time you cross half court. Last night, the Houston Rockets, when Rudy Gobert was on the floor in the first quarter, were scoring at 0.5. In the second quarter, we blew the game out, by the way, when we went to our, against their bench unit, we went to our two all-stars, two six-men, and Eric Paschal bench unit. We, we crushed people. In the second quarter, Saad Whiteside, four minutes defensive rating was a 67. Rudy Gobert's was an 89. The team was an 85. At halftime last night, this game's over at halftime last night. Uh, I mean, nobody blows a 26-point lead against a team that's tanking. Oh, somebody did. Why, Russell Westbrook and the L.A. Lakers did. Um, the first half last night, our defensive rating was an 80. An 80. That is when you're completely dominating a team that just cannot play with you. Um, Deflections last night, four for Donovan Mitchell. He's really doing all of the things other than what we know him to do. Eight screen assists last night for, no, three screen assists for Rudy Gobert. Three screen assists last night for us on Whiteside. They were switching everything. Rudy contested 14 shots. Whiteside contested nine. All right, that was a quick run through the numbers. Interesting conversation with Jordan Clarkson on Philip. Uh, actually had it last week, but it relates to the Filipino Heritage Night last night. It was super interesting. Um, and as a father of mixed-race kids, it's something I keep an eye on. So I'll share that with you as we continue. Friday's show is brought to you by our friends at Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. Big supply of cars finally coming in for you. The Murdochs have been very, very consistent about this. They are not going to put more on top of msrp they're not going to do that to people so you will get the price that's available you will not get gouged they promise you um that that is that they will not 
uh, take advantage of you in that manner. Blake said it simply, I don't want to be going to the grocery store or be going to the church and having people there who I've taken advantage of. We've been in this business for 80 years. We're going to be here for another 80. We're going to treat people right. So cars are finally coming in at Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street. The beautiful Palisade has a few coming in. The award-winning North American car of the year, the Elantra, the Sonata. If you need an SUV for the winter, the Santa Cruz, the Santa Fe, excuse me, is the one uh, that we've bought two of. There's also the Tucson and the little Zippy Kona and the beautiful Palisade that I'm envious of every time somebody emails me and says, can you hook me up? I'm looking for a Palisade. And I'm like, I want a Palisade. Uh, go check it out uh, at Murdoch Hyundai, located Linden and Logan at 4646 South State Street. Please email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 at gmail.com, and we'll get you set up uh, with a VIP uh, meeting. Today's show is also brought to you by McDonald's. The community hub that is McDonald's since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can connect and come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up as a study group knowing they have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. It's McDonald's, the community, serving the community since 1965. I'm loving it. Thanks for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. Friday, Locked On NBA is always fun with Adam Morris and Nick Angstead, so make sure you make that your second listen of the day. They've done a great job, had a big week. Locked On's like shattering records, by the way. Um, uh, you guys have been with me for the whole ride on this thing. We're going to cross, I think, 10 million listens this month, which is pretty monumental for us. Uh, it'll be the first time we've ever done that. We've uh, set three days last week. We had our biggest days ever. Uh, so thank you for all of you who've been a part of it. Uh, all right, quick. Uh, view of outside, uh, just so you can see it. It's beautiful. It's rainy and gross, and that is the um, uh, Hancock Tower right there in Chicago, and it's a windy, rainy, cold uh, day. Uh, nice, beautiful room. No TV set that does crazy stuff, though. Uh, this is a beautiful hotel. This is a hotel that I walk through and, like, apologize. Like, I'm walking through this hotel in the lobby. I'm always like, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Shouldn't be here. Shouldn't be here. My bad. My bad. So, sorry. 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 I'm like, you know, the princes and the rest of them all walk through. All right. So I had a really um, interesting um, conversation with Jordan when we were on the road the other day that Jordan's unique in that he's a chameleon and he's able to meld from, you know, one group to another. Um, I think he, you know, Jordan is able to chill with Joe Ingles having a serious go up to Quinn Snyder's room and talk for an hour, be in an LA nightclub, be tatted out and be the cool guy, have his own style. Supposedly at the end of seasons, he like gets in a van and like goes for two, however long he feels he needs before he kind of is ready to reassimilate into society. Like he's just this chameleon. It's the best way to describe him. And I talked to him about how much he thought that was because he was raised both by an African-American or black man in San Antonio, which is largely Hispanic town, uh, or uh, yeah, or Latino town, and uh, and by a Filipino mom, and those different cultures all coming at him at the same time, and how it's made him who he is, and he he definitely agreed and talked about it, and it was really interesting. And I'm raising mixed race kids, so I'm kind of in tune to that. 
Um, and so really good conversation. And then we discussed how much it actually is kind of the signature of what this team is. That when you talk about this continuity that they have, they also have these conversations that they've now had over years and the bubble was particularly. But, you know, if you look at this, you have this kind of interesting intermix. So Donovan grows up in a predominantly white school, Greenwich Country Day, before going off to Brewster, which I don't know the makeup of. Um, but that's definitely a very upper-class white uh, school for the most part. I don't think I'm mischaracterizing that. Um, I don't have the data, but I don't think I'm mischaracterizing that. And so he learns to kind of navigate that world very much who he is. Rudy is a mixed-race kid. Mike Conley is in a mixed-race marriage with mixed-race kids. And I and so I started Jordan about this, and then he added in like, hey, you know, obviously ethnic problems in Bosnia-Herzegovina are very much at the core of what Boyan grew up in. Joe's uh, from Australia with a different perspective. He's like, and Jordan was saying, you know, when we have conversations about this and there's any conversation that comes up, you just always have somebody asking from a different perspective and wanting to know and you have a curious group. And this is where that continuity matters, right? Your depth of conversation that is taking place between Jordan Clarkson, Boyan Bogdanovich, Rudy Gobert, and you know, I'm making up this group. Joe Ingles over a breakfast tonight, this morning down at the hotel is different than what Alex Caruso, Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, and Zach Levine are having in Chicago when they've spent a week together. And that is, uh, you know, I, it impacts the court, obviously, with how you play, but I think it's a little bit of, of why this group gets along and kind of goes through the bumps and things and, and how they all interact. And I, I think it is a part of the story of this group, which is which is interesting also in the sense of what Utah's going through as a state, what the country's going through as a country. Um, but I do think it's a, it is a large part of who this group is and kind of what they're defining, you know, personalities are and how they all inter- interact and get along. Um, and, you know, I'm probably forgetting someone. I, I, you know, I don't know entirely Eric Pascal's background or what Hassan Whiteside went through as a, um, as a kid or um, what. So there's probably other pieces of this puzzle um, of, of how you would intermix it and, and play and deal with it. Um, you know, and so I, I just think you're dealing with very, very interesting people that have these different parts of life and inner intermixing and it's led to a conversation pieces and, and I think it's relevant to who who this group is and so I think it's relevant uh, I thought it was important to bring it up on on the Filipino Heritage Night last night that was cool Jalen Green and uh, Jordan Clarkson uh, guarding each other Filipino uh, basketball culture is rocking if you've not watched the Jordan Clarkson YouTube it's pretty incredible these how these apartment complexes that I'm guessing in the United States would be thought of as like almost projects and in the philippines i'm guessing are not just from the way it's portrayed in the documentary i don't i've never been to the philippines so i don't know um and in the middle of them are these basketball courts that are painted these glorious colors in this whole culture around the game and um pretty amazing kind of uh atmosphere around basketball to see so uh check it out anyway uh jace uh says hi jace skidmore first time tuning in live, uh, listens to the podcast daily. Hello. Um, all right. Uh, I know you guys have a bunch of questions. You want to talk about Eric Pascal and Hassan Whiteside. Let's go to some of those questions. Since we're playing the Bulls, I want to ask you, do you think we should lo- be looking into sign and trade for DeRozan over Conley this offseason? Basically, Conley, Ingles, and DeRozan. I think this is really strange. We're 4-0. We're have a championship caliber team, and we're trading guys in the offseason right now. Um, no, I don't think we should. Um, and I, I 
don't think that you actually could even do this deal, Taylor, because both DeMar DeRozan and Mike Conley signed deals in the offseason, so it would actually just be a trade. Um, and so, no, um, the answer is your question. But I think the bigger, like, strangeness to that is, wow, talking about not living in the moment. Like, we can, do I have any calm ads this week? Do I have any ads for calm I could do? Because, like, it seems like we need a calm ad. Uh, promo code locked on for him. Like, live in the moment and zen and we're 4 0 and enjoy it and be one with the team and the togetherness. Uh, um, Dalen is very excited. He was the first one on the call today and beat Bryce, who's always there. Um, excited about uh, Richard says he's excited about uh, Whiteside and Pascal have added to this team. They've both been terrific. We'll talk about it coming up uh, in just a second. Uh, hello from Sweden. Hello from the Philippines. Um, Margaret wants to know how close is Rudy Gay to playing? Uh, I actually don't know. Uh, we do practice today, which I think is interesting in the sense that um, I don't know that he's ready to go up and down with guys, but I was I was a little surprised we're practicing today. Um, and uh, so we'll. I don't. I was wondering if that meant Rudy Gay was going to get some two on two or one on one or something like that. The way they do it is you play one on one, then you play two on two, you play three on three, and you kind of amp it up. Um, I don't know if he's at that point yet, but he's been with the team, working, doing a bunch of stuff. I actually now I wonder if he's even on the trip. Did I see him? I think I did. I did see him on the trip. Um, so I don't. Um, I don't know how close he is. They're certainly not rushing it. There's like, Rudy Gay is a value is March, April, May, June, and that is the main focus here. Uh, Dallin wants to know, are we still doing points gain Friday? Yes, um, we are, but I'm not doing it today. What I have never done this year is the East. Uh, I never did the Eastern conference predictions. And so I'm actually going to try to go back today or tomorrow and go back through my system and run the Eastern conference, pretending no games in play. Cause I'm so curious about Washington and where they would have come out on the charts. And I'm curious about Boston also. Um, and, and some of these other teams. All right, here's the big question everyone wants to know. What are your thoughts on Pascal and Whiteside? We'll do that as we continue here in just a second on Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Promo code LOCK15 gets you 15% off at Built Bar. What do they have for you today? Guess the flavor and you can win a prize. A mystery flavor is coming. Plus, paranormal pumpkin. Built Bars, Pumpkin Puffs, plus the mystery flavor. Uh, 100% real chocolate, 100% delicious. The mystery flavor is out there. Coconut marshmallow, blueberry muffin, Rocky Road, cherry lime are all the specialty flavors, plus the regular great peanut butter brownie, coconut mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, raspberry double chocolate, cookies and cream, and cherry barcia. Asterisk, if I just mention a flavor with nuts, I have never tried it, just to be clear. The rest of them I have, and Built Bar is fabulous with 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, 4 carbs, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. It's all for you at Built.com. Go check it out. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off. Also, it's going to get into the action this weekend with college football, Michigan, Michigan State, or a little NBA or NFL. You can go to betonline.ag. First-time customers get a 50% welcome bonus. Miami's a, or the Buffalo's a 14-point favorite over the Miami Dolphins. How the great have fallen. Philadelphia is a three-and-a-half favorite, point favorite over the Lions. The Sunday night game 
is Tampa Bay, New Orleans with the Bucks as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Broncos a three-point favorite over the Washington football team. And Dallas got a big Monday night game coming up against Minnesota. In the NBA world, have any of the NBA futures changed with the lay the Lakers have looked? Brooklyn is plus 265. Lakers are plus 500. Bucks are plus 800. Warriors are plus 900 to win the title. And we're plus 1,100. Kind of like that. Miami's plus 1,400. Maybe there's something to be made right now on some of these. I mean, we're only 4-0 against bad teams, but um, odds to win the Western Conference. Lakers plus 250. Warriors plus 400. Jazz plus 450. And Phoenix down to 800. They did not have a good day the other day. Uh, It's all uh, at betonline.ag. Promo code locked on gets you 50% off. So Spencer asked, what's my thought on Eric Pascal, and the really interesting thing about Eric was that out of Villanova, the book on him was that he was going to be really, really good if he played with good players. And he got drafted by Golden State, and everyone's like, this is amazing. And then Steph gets hurt, and Draymond gets hurt, and Clay gets hurt, and he plays with terrible players, and they give him the ball, and they make him be the guy. And he has to play, like, one-on-one, which he actually did a lot at Fordham before he went to Villanova, and that's that's how he played. Like, he, he suddenly had to be the man. and. I'm not sure that that's the best answer for him. Like, he's a complimentary NBA player with great athleticism, big size, versatile skills. And so now he's playing with the bench unit of two All-Stars and two six-men of Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, and Rudy Gobert. And now he's moving the ball. He's catching, he's point-fiving, as the Jazz like to say, which is, you know, he catches the ball and immediately makes a decision. Watch, actually, the difference when he gets the ball and how he makes the immediate decision compared to where Jared is right now, just not quite knowing what he's going to do next. He'll be fine, but he, just what he doesn't quite know what to do next. And so you have Pascal is either immediately shooting that three, and that's where the player model, I think, is Jay, Crow, uh, Jay Crowder. Because Jay Crowder is willing to shoot, but not a high percentage, not a great shooter, but creates gravity by... Um, the fact that he's out on the floor and willing to shoot. And then by creating gravity, driving by, and then Eric's got an ability to pass off the bounce. And the last one is he's just coming in for offensive rebounds like Mia Onia did with just great, um, uh, you know, force. And he's so big that he actually gets into the rebound and makes the play. So we're seeing offensive rebounding. We're seeing passing. We're seeing a dribble game. We're seeing ability to play off the with the ball immediately. Um, you're really seeing a versatile skill set out of Eric that complements his game far better than what he was asked to do at Golden State. And playing with good players is good. It allows you to do your thing. Whereas, you know, I think Eric probably wants to believe he's a 15-point-a-game scorer off the bench. They all, they all want to believe that. And the fact is this is better for him. Um, in a lot of ways, and it's good for the Jazz, and he's played very, very well. And, yeah, I think, I don't know what happens when, uh, the, the funny thing is, like, if he played really, really well, what do you do when Rudy Gay comes back? Well, then you play Rudy Gay at center, but Hassan Whiteside is is playing so well, and the next question comes in from Andrew Livingston. I'm convinced Whiteside is going to make a huge difference this season. He's really a momentum player. Like, there just seems to be either extreme on Hassan right now. He's either just, like, great and then the momentum starts and he kind of becomes a kind of a I, I don't like a force like I don't know what the right word to use is um, I know what the wrong words to use are and those are the ones coming to my mind right now so I'm trying to figure out what the right word to use is but he 
he he gets kind of rolling, and it, it comes with an attitude. The Jermichael Green thing, actually, I went back and watched it. It happened like five, six plays beforehand. Like, he just started to kick his ass. And then Jermichael, and you could just kind of see it. Oh, this is going to bubble. This is going to bubble. This is going to bubble. Um, and it was clear. And so, Hassan, I mean, that spin move dunk last night, that's big time. Like, there just aren't a lot of guys. The guy averaged 17 points and 14 rebounds at one point in his career in Miami. So, he's really good. And if he stays engaged, he's even better. And that's what he's done so far. Um, and absolutely, uh, you know, dominate, dominate the portions of this game and the game the other night. And, you know, he's just so much bigger and longer than Derek Favors. It's an upgrade in in so many ways. I do not uh, – I'm seeing a bunch of questions about John Corrales of Locked On NBA, uh, who I guess – killed Whiteside for some reason. Whiteside was a punching bag in Miami. And is one of those players who somehow got kind of the image of being a punching bag. Um, and part of what happened in Miami is they paid him a lot of money and then they were disappointed in his performance. And then Bam Adebayo came and then rightfully so, the fans were like, stop playing this guy. You paid all the money because we want Bam Adebayo. And then they tried to trade him and they couldn't. Um, and so I think he just got caught in that. Um, and we'll see. Um, it's, uh, but, uh, you know, for us, what we've seen so far is a guy that's playing most importantly against starters, allowing the jazz to have that second unit that comes in. that's two all-stars and two six men and absolutely, um, dominate games. And, you know, that group of Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley is going to have the best plus minus of any group in the NBA, but it, it can only happen if you have, uh, a ability to have a center who can play in those minutes against starters or else it doesn't work. Um, and that to me is the kind of key thing um, is being able to have that. Uh, Keith Anderson, how do the Bulls play? I haven't seen them this year yet. What do you expect? So I will watch them today against the Knicks. I'll watch that game. Um, I did not... Um, uh, I did not, I have not watched them a lot. They're playing with more versatility than they've ever had before. What's really interesting about the Bulls right now is you have Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vukovic all playing on bad teams, all with high usage rates, all becoming inefficient, all getting labeled as empty numbers on bad teams who are now all together. Their usage rates coming down, their efficiencies going up, and they all look like they're suddenly really good players on a good team. Now, they're four and one. They haven't played, um, any, they haven't played very good teams until last night where they lost in a close one at New York. No big deal. Um, but their stretch here coming up uh, is going to be, um, you know, their stretch is going to be telling here. I think they play like 12 straight games against playoff teams um, coming up. So uh, we'll see uh, about that. And the most important question of the day, what can we expect from Bogey to switch to red shoes? I don't know. He's got the Don Yellows on. Uh, I had a funny conversation with Bogey yesterday. He's coming out on the floor drinking his espresso. He's got a little white cup. He's just drinking his espresso as he walks out on the floor to be able to get the Jazz travel with an espresso maker for the players so they have an espresso maker in the locker room so they can all get their stuff. It's kind of kind of fun. All right. That is Locked on Jazz today. Have a great weekend. Postcast Saturday and Sunday with Ron Boone. Those numbers have been really big on that show, so thanks for tuning in. And thanks for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. Go make Locked on NBA your second listen of the day with Adam Otis and Nick Engstead. Have a great one. Talk to you soon.